Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! Yeah! Oh my I god! I feel like we'll be, people can just point oh. that. It's like oh! They did it! They did it! Oh my god! They beat the caps! So our title is going to be the holy fuck they. Go ahead. So our title this week is going to be holy fuck they beat the caps, right? Yeah, that's definitely it. And he's the winningest goaltender in Bruins history. That's awesome. A shutout against the Caps is so oh fitting to get god. that. Oh my god, they did it! And I didn't even want to watch this game. <laughs> These closed captions are much better than Nesson closed captions. I love how he did it with a shutout, too. Yeah, that's that's amazing. They only needed beat the one Caps with a shutout, he became the winningest goalie in Bruins history with a shutout. Holy crap. Yeah. It's Barely in Topic. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Tuca says, Welcome to Barely on Topic. Yeah, yes, yes. Tuca said it better than I was because I was like, I don't know, I'm trying to be a little more organic about it and it doesn't come out that way. So it's always like, really stale. Welcome to Barely on Topic. Ugh, I just loathe it. So welcome to Barely on Topic. I'm here today with Jeff and Tim, and I assume that you know them VA, and Tuka's here. Tuka? Tuka? Now's not the time to be quiet. Mm, she's licking my hands instead of meowing right now. All right. Uh, and I'm sure we, she'll circle back to it, though. And we did have Vegas, but Vegas oh. decided to go for a walk, uh, which was the better deal, I think, honestly. Some context. It is Sunday afternoon, the day of the Super Bowl. I have some thoughts on that. I'll reveal those in a little bit. But two-thirds of us just watched the Washington Capitals get beaten by the Bruins. The Bruins beat them <gasps> one nothing. <laughs> It was their first win against the Caps since March 2014. Mm, my God. You could honestly say since February 3rd, 2019, the Boston Bruins have owned the Washington Capitals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. In the last, like, 25 minutes, they have definitely, or actually, I'm sorry, the last two and a half hours, almost three hours, they've owned them for sure. And it was it came on a Tukarask shutout to make him the winningest goalie in Bruins history. Yeah, go suck it, you Tuka haters. Just suck it. Suck it. I just need like suck it, Felger. I just where is Sean Thornton when you need him? Come on. Oh my suck. god, I used to love it when <laughs> Thornton would just tell him to suck it, and I, there was always a little bit of menace behind it too. It was fantastic. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I, I I always figure afterwards, like uh, Felger would go home and cry, and sit in the in the, in the shower and cry. <laughs> I agree. Probably. I mean, like Thornton, you know, said anything to me with menace. That's what I would do. You know what? Thornton wouldn't say anything to me with menace. I mean, I'm pure. I'm, I'm speaking pure hypotheticals here. I would do nothing. I, I I would like to think I would do nothing to piss off Thornton. But if I did, I'm sure I would deserve it. My hypothetical is I would never piss him off. Yeah, no, no chance. We can't even get to it. Thirty and I would get along just fine. We'd have a good time. We'd talk about dogs a lot. Maybe his boat uh, and whoever is renting his uh, condo in Charlestown. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so the Bruins are victorious against the Capitals. 
it was a game that I didn't want to watch. I was just like, fuck it. I'm not watching this game. And of course, I was in the car listening and I was like, it's scoreless through the first period? What? So I got in and I'm like, I said to my husband, I'm like, you're not watching the game? He's like, I forgot it was on. I thought it was on at three. I'm like, no. So we put on the game. We had some lunch. We watched it. And then I was like, oh, no, I need to set up in a different room of my house to record. I had to set up in a different room so I could watch the end of the game because I don't have a TV up in my office. And now I'm thinking, why don't I have a TV up in my office? It would be like the third or fourth or fifth TV in our house, I think. Definitely three. Okay, anyway, we don't have one in our bedroom. There's just no room. I'd have to put it in the ceiling. That's a little weird. <laughs> a little bit. It's a little It's a little bit odd. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it would just totally just not... Uh, we'd have to take some of the mirrors down, so that would be so weird. <laughs> just kidding. There are no mirrors on my ceiling. That would be weird. I, I have... Have you ever slept in a hotel that had mirrors on the ceiling? No, thank God. I couldn't do it. I think we did in in Niagara Falls. It was so bizarre. Anyway. (laughs) That was a long-ass time ago. Yes. So I had to set up in a different room so I could watch this game that I did not want to watch because I was following Tuka's lead on Thursday night when, when he was asked about stopping the losing streak and he said i guess it's good we're going against washington this weekend yes he's he's just he's an exceptional dry wit and then unfortunately you can't use that to convince people convince people that hate him to like him because most of them are the kind of people that aren't going to appreciate dry humor oh i love dry humor because most of the people that hate tuca are you know flipper clappers what the hell is a flipper clapper <sighs> I actually I made the expression up on the spot because I was trying to come up with a more succinct way of saying what I was trying to. They don't have opposable thumbs? They're a bunch of fucking circus seals. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> you may have offended the circus seals. I, I apologize to all actual circus seals out there. Right. To have, compared you to, to, to have compared you to these people. Also, congratulations on figuring out how to work to work podcasts. I look forward to when you when you start being able to speak English. I'm sure you have all sorts of exciting stories about fish to tell. <laughs> and any real circus seals, like the ones that we were just talking about, if you want to talk, contact Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you can do so because I'm uh, I'm sure you're on Twitter now. <laughs> At Dr. I Anthony. can't wait. I can't wait for finding Nemo as told by a circus seal. Now, here's the thing, Seals. I'm going to give you the caveat. I don't really want to hear the stories about how you guys keep getting eels stuck up your nose. Oh, God, I know. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I just don't want to know what you're doing with those eels in your nose, guys. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I know that you're really, really afraid of snakes. Are you afraid of eels, too? They're not a lot better, no. No, because it's kind of the same principle. At least, they're, at least they're fish, so they're not supposed to have legs. But they look like snakes. That are swimming. Okay, I just wanted to... My my stance on eels is complicated. Like, moray eels don't look... Well, they just look really primordial. I I love going to New England Aquarium and just looking at the moray eels that are, like, in the big tank, and they're all green, bright green, and they're like... I guess you could say they're eely similar to snakes. (laughs) Two minutes in the puddle box already... Damn. 
You just want to be in there to. with like David Pasternak with his coffee. You see yeah, that commercial? I do. The Dunkin' Donuts commercial where he's like, uh, he goes to the penalty box and it, there's a Dunkin's right in it, which I think would really improve it. And more players would probably want to go to the penalty box. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing, though. Well, it's probably not, but um, I it, it, it's just entertaining to think about that. Anyway, Bruins just won against the Capitals, which they haven't done in just about five years, so that's fantastic. Well, riding this wave of euphoria. Woo! Woo! Uh, and I'll try to keep that footage that came on, uh, because we did pre-recording, which I usually just chop out and don't think about, but I'll have to go and get the footage of them winning in all of our excitement. Yeah. So, yes, it's also Super Bowl Sunday, and if you'll just indulge me for a minute, I just want to... I just want to vent a little bit. Okay. Uh, I am wearing a rockin' Patriots shirt. It's like old school and shit. This, this seriously, this right here is probably about 15 years old and it looks just like it. I just bought it. That that old logo is so dope. So like they shouldn't have left it. My favorite part is this part right here. The little white just down from the shoulder. That's my favorite part because it reminds me of an actual uniform. But anyway, I have very complicated feelings about the Patriots, thanks to Trump associations. I might as well just say it. I'm happy when politics stays out of football, but the football owners have not done a good job of keeping that out. So unfortunately, while I'm still rooting for my team, it, it's just, it's a very complicated thing. I'm, I'm having, I find the leadership of the team problematic, and that is never good. But as I stated before, after the Trump associations came out, I basically said, "Eh, I'm not buying any more Pat stuff. Just not buying it anymore. I'm going to just going to do it the the right way. I'm going to boycott with money because I used to buy Pat stuff, like lots of Pat stuff, but I'm just not doing it anymore. All sports are problematic. This is, you can pick and choose your issues that you have problems with things. I I get that. Uh, But some of them are just bigger. And my problem with the NFL in in general, besides the crappy way they deal with certain things that players do, and, and the NFL almost never does the right thing. They almost never do the right thing on these things. The problem is, is that the owners are starting to say things out in public and do things that if they hadn't said or done them, I'd at least be ignorant to how they feel about them. You know, there's the thing about it is um, I don't really understand why they keep why the NFL keeps needing to inject itself into politics and even sometimes religions. Like, guys, don't touch those two third rails. You didn't need to. No, no, uh, it's a sport. But like, I mean, the league, you know, they're mishandling of the whole Kaepernick situation. Okay, fine, they weren't happy. They didn't want him doing it, but like, do it behind closed doors, you dumb fucks. Basically, when uh, who was it? it? Was Bob McNair came out and said the things that he said about the inmates running the asylum? I understand the principle that he was trying to get behind, but the words he used were atrocious. And I just can't help but feel like you don't get a pass for that. You don't get a pass for that. And Texans players were pissed off and they had every right to be. Basically, I know that happened last year, but I still have a problem with these things because I just feel like, you know, you treat your players like crap. You treat them like crap. People think, oh, these people make millions of dollars and blah, blah, blah. Not everybody makes millions of dollars. And those contracts aren't real because they just find any reason to just tear them up. 
There are very few things that they can't get around. The salary cap is a joke. It's, so I just have a problem with the NFL in general, and it's hard because I have loved watching football since I was a kid. And that's a very, very long time because I'm very old. <laughs> and it, it just hurts. It hurts my heart. It hurts my brain. So I'm I'm watching the, the uh, Super Bowl. I am rooting for my favorite players. You can step back, Tom Brady. I'm, I'm all done with you. I'm not going to root against him. I just, I don't care anymore. I'm done. And I'm just feeling very complicated. And I don't even know if I'm going to keep this in this episode. So let's talk about other things that are not hurting my heart as much. Just a little uh, bit. That's, that's going to be challenging because this team has <laughs> been a, a difficult to watch of late. Bruins um, <laughs> are having a rough time of it lately. You know, and the funny thing is they're not playing badly. They're putting up a lot of shots against these team, against a lot of teams. They're not scoring enough to make up for when they have these defensive breakdowns. Yeah. Now realize that half of their their actual defense, not the team defense, but half their actual six that they pair every night is is definitely young. But that's not that's not a real excuse. I get it because it's a, it's a team defense. Not even that young bad. though. Grizzly doesn't count as young. Grizzly counts as inexperienced. Okay. Because Grizzly's like twenty five. Well, then let's say inexperienced instead of yes. young. Okay. Yeah. I, I tend to, to put the two together and conflate them, and I probably shouldn't. So they're inexperienced. This week, Brandon Carlo actually played in his 200th game, which uh, Jack Edwards decided to point that out by saying that uh, Denny Putvin said, you don't know what you have in a defenseman until he plays his 200th game. And Carlo's been a fucking beast lately. I love it. Oh, my God. Like, I've got such a hockey boner for the way he plays. Seriously. Honestly, what, what I'm watching with him is, um, you know, people will talk about, okay, this is a different issue. People will talk about, oh, we have extra defensemen. Some of these guys are expendable. You know who Carlo's recent plays kind of made expend, making expendable is Kevin, is Kevin Miller. Because his physicality's been better. His shutdown's been great. He's been playing gigantic minutes on the PK. These are all things that we usually ask of Kevin Miller. Yep, yep. And, and you know what? That's okay. We we wanted to rebuild this defense. Yes. Okay. So we have. We've, we've rebuilt it. Now we're just waiting for all of the parts to mature. Well, that's just 6B. Now we have two more indefinite NHL or defensemen playing down in Providence. I think it's pretty clear that, that Urho and Lausanne will be NHLers. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I think that Urho is going to end up being the best of the lot. That's just my. That's just depending my on what your on what your measuring stick is going to be, right? Like, uh... yeah, because you have very different styles. Brandon Carlo is never going to have an offensive game. He tries. He tries so hard, but but but, ne- but neither neither Zorho. Yeah. I... So like, really, it it all it, a lot of it all hinges on McAvoy truly becoming the uh, three zone defenseman that we know he's capable of and just hasn't looked the part of late. <laughs> well, at this point, McAvoy needs to put together a full season. Poor guy. I know. I, I think, like I said before, I think it's appropriate to express frustration about the situation without pointing fingers at him and saying, oh, you shouldn't have had a heart problem and you shouldn't have gotten that concussion. Why did it take you so long to get back? No, 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 none of that. It's just saying, like, I would love it if poor McAvoy could just put together a season of games right now. You can also express frustration without wanting to trade him. Holy crap. The stupidity of that is just beyond me. Not only is he a young player who can be extremely good for you, 
just takes time to develop, but he's already shown you that he's probably going to be very good. Why would you trade someone when their value is at the lowest? You don't do that. That's not smart. Speaking of which, KPD, go home. I thought you under. I thought you were supposedly knew what you were fucking doing. He wants to trade away all of the young defensemen that we have, and he wants to trade away McAvoy. I I, I don't actually follow KPD. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I, I remember I, I'm blocked. Remember, because I I, I I retweeted him with "old man yells at cloud" a few too many times. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going off today. Like he he said that. He thinks that you giving up like McAvoy for like a, a deal for like Kreider wouldn't be bad. He also said oh, Kreider? today's oh god Kreider, yeah. Oh. He also said today's game was good, but there wasn't enough scoring to get the casual Super Bowl Sunday viewing crowd. So yeah, that's again not enough scoring. Let's the NHL has three games scheduled this afternoon. Because they know they're not going to get a lot of viewership. They know this. They're 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 expecting that people will be in the stands watching the game, hopefully, because they like hockey more than they like the uh, the Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl also isn't for a few more hours. It does not matter how many goals the Bruins scored today, because they scored the one very important goal that got them over this hump. All they needed to do was win this one time, and then they're going to figure it out the next time, next season, because they're all done with the series this year. Unless they meet them in the playoffs. Now, if they meet them in the playoffs, it's a different thing. But look, this win was very important. I really think it was for morale, for standings, for whatever. So who cares if there was one goal scored or 15? I I just don't get it. But he he's been like that forever. He's just like, no, you need to score more. And it's like, Scoring more is fun, but ultimately you only really need to score enough to win the game. So shut up. I'm completely convinced that KPD is the type of guy that hates a no-hitter in baseball because there wasn't enough scoring. Uh, remember, Never mind the to, fact remember, that a no-hitter is amazing. Remember, this this idiot used to, tweet, used to tweet, quote, to hashtag ban the butterflies. Like, you can't fucking do that. No. He legitimately wants 80 scoring. I don't see the appeal in that. Mm-mm. 80s scoring was high because there was only four players on each team that knew how to fucking skate. And goaltenders hadn't figured out how to goaltend yet. There is a benefit to having nostalgia for things if you can pull what you're nostalgic for into the future. But the reasons that exist are, three, are a bunch of reasons why it can't exist again. There are too many players that actually know how to play hockey. Goaltending has actually become a science as opposed to, I don't know, we'll put a crazy guy in pads and hope for the best, which is what they did until, the, until about Marty Brodeur. Why wouldn't you want your goalie to be a skill position? Because having some guy stand in pads is not a it's not a goal it's not a skill position. Well, if people want to talk about going back to like 80s style pads, I can get behind that within reason as long as the goalies are safe. Mm-hmm. But like talking about complaining about how the positions played, it's like it's just because people know how to play the position now, guys. Come the fuck on. You should be happy that players play the positions better, no matter how they do it. Look, the, the league has done plenty of things to penalize various players. Like, you know, uh, the the trapezoid. It's because Marty Berger was too good <laughs> at, playing, <laughs> at playing the puck all over the place. So it's like, nope, you can only do it here. I can't think of too many because I'm not a big historian. But everybody gets penalized for something. It's like they, there was the dead puck era, you know? 
where it was just like, oh, people were scoring too much, so let's make sure they can't do it again. The trap. Oh, my God, the fucking trap. By the way, people that call now are still the dead puck era are so full of shits. Like, no, guys, if you watched hockey in the late 90s, the game was unwatchable. Now the game's fast and people aren't scoring. That's not the same as dead puck. Stop calling it that. It's a low-scoring era, an incredibly low-scoring era. It's not fucking dead puck. No. No, it just means that everybody's better at some aspect of the game. And they're calling holding, which is the big change, too. (laughs) Because it was all in on clutch and grab back then, too. Anyway. So let's get rid of this notion of, like, trading away all of the young and somewhat inexperienced defensemen who are all growing more valuable experience every day or getting more valuable experience every game that they play. Let's get rid of this notion of trading them all the fuck away. Because guess what? Okay, KPD obviously does not care about defense. He thinks it's a shit notion. He just wants people to just fling pucks all over the place and just get them the net. And which, at at, at this case, why even have a goalie and why have anybody in front of the net? I mean, Uh, I also want to point out that most of his watching hockey career was like variably with Orr or Park or, or Bork on this team. Yeah. So how, how can someone that watched those eras of Boston shit on defense as a concept? I don't know, but I think Bobby Orr ruined defense for everybody. <laughs> well, he changed the position, right? He's in in a lot of ways he's more number number four and more deserving of being a league wide retirement than ninety nine is. Yes. Ninety nine changed nothing. He just scored a fuck lot. Bobby Orr changed his position. I, I know, <laughs> I know. I and keep in mind when I say that I'm not like saying anything bad about Bobby Orr. I fully absolutely respect him even though i never got to see him play because even even if i had been able to watch him play with the bruins i would have been basically an infant toddler so i would not have understood it my husband actually saw bobby Orr play very young when he was very young that is i love that i love that bruins have such an iconic player and i love that he's kind of ruined it for everybody else because you know, the knock on my boy is that he can't score. Uh, and that's okay. I'm going to take it because I love my defensive defensemen. Somebody has to love them. So anyway, stop trying to trade them away, you fuckers. Okay? Yes. It's that's a position this. of strength, but it's not so strong you can subtract for it, you ass, hat, you ass hats. Right. Right. Jesus. Like, Patrice does enough. Don't make him do more. Exactly. Seriously. Plus, like... Char is a million and a half years old. Like, you, you, you got to keep the young defenseman right now. Right. He needs to have them with their fresh legs take on 22, 25 minutes a night. Well, plus, and we still don't know if Char is going dra- to suit up next October yet, right? So. Right. And you can't. So you can't. You're right. I did say I'm sure the team and Chara both already know what he's doing. Yes. But we as fans and Z-list media. Namely, the three of us media, um, <laughs> don't know, right? Right. And so you got to stop trying to trade away all these young defensemen because, holy shit, we might not have Chara come October. And that would be a. And if we trade any of these young, promising kids, it'll be a bad fucking scene. Yeah. 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 That's because that's the thing that that's what's going to happen. We we wanted so much for the. Bruins to get defense for the longest time. They finally have it. What's going to happen is you're going to trade these. You want to trade these players away, and then when they can't defense anymore, you're going to be like, "Well, what the hell? Why don't we have any defensemen?" Well, because you traded them all the way, you idiots. That's why. <laughs> I, I think that Don Sweeney, a former defenseman himself, understands the value of having 
defense. He's a guy that played alongside Ray Bork for a long time. I think he understands the need for defense. And I think he sees something in McAvoy, right? Like he sees something in Brendan Carlo. Like he sees something in Matt Grizzlick. These are all the inexperienced guys. And 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 he sees something in in the guys that aren't there yet in in Lausanne and Urho. Right. And he's drafted some of these guys, right? Everyone we just listed with the exception of Grizzlick. Right. And of course, he was he was part of the front office when they drafted Grizzlick, too. So, Right. So he's made an investment and he's not, thankfully, he's not quick to get rid of that investment. So, all right. So that's our, our defense. Now, forwards. I'm so hesitant right now to want to get rid of anybody because, one, I know that it's a gamble that we don't always win. Although last year, it's really hard to say we didn't win that in some respects because we got rid of Brian Spooner. <laughs> Seriously, like, like, like in retrospect on that trade, it's like we offloaded Ryan Spooner before he just like, you know, but before he turned into a fucking pumpkin. Or it's already been thrown out of a third story window. And, and, and the Bolesky contract <laughs> is gone. And the Bolesky, yeah. Well, there's the thing, right? We got one more year of paying him 1.9, sure, but like... Honestly, if the Rags were to buy him out this year, it would cost the Bruins effectively nothing because they'd have to buy out the 1.9, but whatever. Like that KBK, yeah, I know it didn't win us. It didn't get us anywhere, and the old Nash got concussion thing, and it fucking sucked. It did. But it saved this team having to pay Ryan Spooner $4 million a year. Yeah. Yep. Or getting excoriated for just letting him walk. It's difficult as a GM because you have to make decisions about trades and, and whatnot and versus who to keep and, and so on and so forth. Your ownership almost always wants you to make some kind of trade. Because if you're not making a trade, if you're not making a move, then what are you doing? This is a very trade-happy league. Coming from the NFL, I'm not used to it. Con- conceptually, anyway. I mean, this year there's been a lot of trades, but generally there's not a ton of trades. It's conceptually trade-happy league. But then all the GMs do is bitch about, oh, it's so hard to make a trade in the league in season with the cap. Hard, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, then stop giving out fucking no-movement clauses, you dumb shit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The biggest thing is I have a hard time trading some of these guys that uh, these forwards that you may have in deals like a Donato, like a Heinen, someone like that, just because I feel like their value is low right now. And I don't know that you're going to necessarily maximize your value for them. You still don't know what you have in a lot of these guys. Mm Mm-hmm. So it to me it doesn't make sense to trade them when the value's low and when you still don't know. We don't know what most of these players are going to be. They're just so young and they haven't had the chance to develop or anything like that. I don't know. Sophomore slumps a fucking thing, right? I think the one to really use as an example is Danton Heinen because like Donato still counts as a freshman player. Poor poor Anders Bjork. Oh yeah. Who did he piss off? Oh, seriously, like, seriously, Anders, find that fucking wizard and apologize, dude. Yeah. Apologize. Offer to suck his dick if you have to. Just, like, you get the wizard to lift the curse, man. (laughs) Oh, my God, he's going to have to suck Yager's dick? (laughs) I mean, if anything's going to work, it's going to be that. (laughs) I mean, you know, I think we should all offer to suck a... Yager's stick if that's going to make, make it better. <laughs> you too, both of you. <laughs> I think I just killed Jeff. <laughs> I can't see him. He fell over. <laughs> oh, he's, 
worst wizard I could think of. <laughs> the time-traveling dick wizard. Had dick and wizard, so I figured, you know, it worked. <laughs> Very fair. Very fair. So, look, anyway, the point we're getting to is Danton Heinen, like, he scored, he, he had scored over 40 points last season. He was a revelation last year, right? You trade yep. him right now, you are making a fucking mistake because his, his, his value is low, low, low. And you know what? If you're going to trade a player that's going to turn into something elsewhere, and then the old people are going to shit on Sweeney for it, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be Heinen. And all these chud fuckers who are saying trade him are going to pretend they ever said it and then re- and excoriate, him for, excoriate him for having traded Heinen. Yeah, yeah. That's basically the gist of it. I think the problem with Heinen is that the, the things that are working for Heinen are so subtle. Honestly, the other things, he's the only player, wor- player worth the meat he's made of on that third line most nights. And he's not a drag three, and he's not a drag a couple of refrigerators up and down the ice uh, kind of player. <laughs> oh come on now, Trent Frederick is the current resident three C, and he had a spectacular debut in which. Yes, he did. He did have a spectacular debut. However, would you like me to call up his his minutes played tonight this afternoon? Well, he didn't play that much in the first night either. But yes, tell me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Um. Six minutes and 59 seconds. What do you say, Tim? Don't look. Don't cheat. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what was Frederick's time on ice this afternoon? Oh, shoot. Um. Guess. Don't look. I said 6.59. Are these prices right rules? Nine. Yeah, one minute. No. Uh, 9.34. Well, let's see if the internet ever, you know, joins the party. Man, I'm, I'll be so glad when you move so that you can actually have good internet again. Well, I also have like 12 tabs open because I have all my various resources open. So when I go to open, and the NHL's website, Boxcar Cards, mm-hmm. load really slow. He played nine minutes and 19 seconds. He was a minute and a half exactly less played than the next highest minute player, the next lowest minute um, forward, which who was David Backus. Oh, well, it was a spectacular debut in which he just, he just took... He just like decided walked in December and, and dismembered Brandon Tanev. Just like rip, rip, rip pieces everywhere. No more Brandon Tanev. Just scattered meat. <laughs> and his parents cheered him on. <laughs> and completely failed to connect on a high five. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I remember once connect uh, failing to connect on a high five with someone, and that became our thing to not do it. I mean, I've had people. De- I've had people deliberately misconnecting on high fives with me, but that's because I, I learned the Todd trick, which is follow the elbow, and that makes for the you know the high impact high five. Oh my yeah, god! That. I, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. No, I I knew exactly <laughs> what you were talking about. Yeah, I was just but trying to also, figure out which one it was. Was it the banana hammock high five, or was it the? <laughs> I mean, they're all the same. Again, you focus on you focus on the elbows, and then the, the connection's loud. That's what it is. I, I know that you say that they're all the same, but they're all different. And the same at the same time. Self high five. <laughs> so anyway, to me, when I saw them miss the high five, it almost looked like it was like on purpose, and it was their thing. To me, anyway, it looked like the, that's what they meant to do. Well, you know, I'm close personal friends with the Fredericks, and uh, <sighs> that is all of our things. We we <laughs> all just failed to connect on our high fives, and it became our thing. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So. <laughs> Also, oh, anyway, I would Hine, like. It's hard to blame him for. Okay, he had that bad, bad flub shot the other night. Uh huh. Yeah, what people weren't criticizing was David Krejci could have taken the shot there too instead of passing. Yeah, David Krejci could have taken it. I I don't remember. 
And honestly, there's the thing was happening with Dan Heinen's play. It means he's got his next contract is going to be a really, really low AAV bridge contract. Like I hope they sign him to two years, million five, because it'll be doable based on his performance this season, and it'll be worth it. Book it. <laughs> All right. Well, that works out for us. So win-win. <laughs> exactly. Now. Now, in the nearer term, of course, uh, I feel all of us have a very slight variance on the same attitude on this one based on things I've seen each of us tweet in the last week, not necessarily at one another. The trade deadline's coming up at the end of this month. It is on Monday the 25th. Yes. So, what is the right thing to do? Um, this team has obvious holes. We've talked about it all season. Everyone fucking knows what they are. Oh my god, I am so fucking sick of talking about 3C. So tired of it. Okay, so anyway, they have these holes. They're not a, despite that, they're not a bad team. Yeah. They're, they're not, but, but, but I don't think they're a contender. I mean, I look at how absurdly good Tampa is. And mind you, this team hasn't played against Tampa yet this year because no, go home have. schedule maker, had, did they? They did once and they lost. <sighs> okay. No, of course. They've already gone down to Florida once this year. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. They lost against the uh, Panthers that trip too. It was great. Uh-huh. Oh, it was good. such Excellent. a fantastic trip. So, anyway, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't believe this team can, can, can really, can, can, can bang with teams like Tampa, right? Mind you, right now, based on their, their playoff, their playoff position, based on the wild card, they would. Uh, well, actually, no, never mind. We just won a game today, so now we're probably ahead of Montreal, back into third in the, in the Atlantic somehow. Well, what, what do you do? You have obvious holes. You are a playoff team. If you go into, a, into the playoffs with big holes in your roster, bad things happen. And I know some people will say, oh, but you make it to the playoffs, anything can happen. Look at the 2012 Kings. Look, the 2012 Kings were on paper, were one of the best teams in the league. They just didn't have the record. They just didn't have the record to show for it. Right? So. The, the curious thing about last year's, last season's team was that all of the injuries happened all at once, and then everybody got better. And then they overplayed. Just listen to me. Listen to me. They, they overplayed they, they, their potential. I think they and they got us all to think, oh, my God, this could be the year because they were just so fantastic. And then and, and I will assert this, that they ran into Tampa Bay three times during the, the course of the season where they just beat their asses. And then that final time that they ran into Tampa, Tampa, just before the playoffs, Tampa said, you know what? It was fun letting you win. Like, and then they times. just ate their lunch. Oh, yeah. my <laughs> God, it was terrible. And it was but just like, like the- but the second to last game, it was like I, I, was, I was at that game. game. I, 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 I sat there watching that game. I think I was at my, my, my parents' cottage at the time. It's like, just, just stick this game to my veins, please. Just, just give me seven games of this. I, oh I, my god, please! I was and then, at that and game. And then that second, and then that second round was so awful. Yeah, I, I was at that game. I paid way too much for those seats because I thought my friend who came over from the UK was never going to sit in the balcony again. And then. It was a big deal. But anyway, the point is that game was so... If you were going to overpay for a game, that was the game to overpay for. It was fantastic. Tuca was like, I'm not taking your shit. He started fighting. It was such a good game. Like Both teams played so well, and Boston still clearly came out on top. Oh, my God. And then the next game, you know, what was it, less than a week later? So, like, Campus is like, yeah, no, we're done playing with you. We're we're done playing with our food. They're like a cat who's, you know, finally decided, okay, the mouse is dead enough. I'm going to eat it in two bites. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was was terrible. So, I don't think there's any move that you're going to make that's going to get you over the Tampa hump this year. However, you know, here's nope. the thing. If you go into, if we somehow go into the playoffs as the wild card one and are going through the Metro, 
I don't know if you get past Tampa, but do you buy enough to get yourself to the to, to the Eastern Finals? Then I don't know. I I am so emotionally scarred, even though the Bruins won today against the Capitals. I'm still emotionally scarred by any run in that they have with the Capitals, other than today. Well, it depends if they go get to the Caps. Okay, the playoffs were to start right this second. Caps would play in the first round against Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? This would. might actually, yeah, this might be better, you know? And then it would be um, uh, Isles against Columbus in the first round. Is the uh, No, and then Isles against, well, right now it would be Montreal, but, um, and then Columbus would face Tampa in the first round. Oh, poor Columbus. <laughs> They're going to lose Panarin and Ben Bobrovsky, and that right now would run into Tampa in the first round. That's a rough fucking go. Anyway, don't care. It's Ohio. <laughs> And I've been thinking so hard about the Panarin thing because uh, one, I don't think he'd come here, but because I think he. Well, wants he's been else. quite clear. He and his agent have been quite clear. He is signing with no one before July first. Yeah. So, and I just don't think he's enough to get you over the hump. I, I know that you know we need right wing help too, right? So See, early on, I convinced myself I wanted Panarin, like I really did. And then as the season's worn on, and as I've seen this team play and everything like that i'm just like you're not gonna probably you're probably not gonna be able to resign him well, well, that's and you have to give up a ton come on no don't yeah yeah is he is not worth the rental cost which would be something like a first studnica erho and then like a second that turns into another first if we resign him that's probably what you're looking at and that is not worth it not even close no now, so there's the so then come back to the question there. Okay, we don't think he can bang with it with Tampa, but this is still a decent team, and that when you plug some of the holes properly, I think it could make some noise. Noise, not the noise, but some noise. Is there realistically trades you guys think would be would be worth it? Because I go back and forth here myself, so I'll, I'll wait. But I can't think of any specific players because I, I don't often think in terms of trades. I'm more in the concrete what I know. I, I know what I see right now. Um, I, I know the, the problems and I don't know how to fix them. A lot of it comes from the fact that I uh, I don't often know specific forward positions. Fair <laughs> enough. Of, of players and stuff. I don't, I don't think there's anything out there that's going to plug the holes in the right way to really make you go that far. What you're going to hope for are certain circumstances. Unless you swung for the fences and brought in both like Stone and Duchesne. Oh God, I don't want Duchesne. I don't want that douchebag Duchesne. Anyway, but like you get my point. I would love Mark Stone. I direly Mark Stone would be perfect for that right wing spot. He's a he's a, he's the type of winger that should be a Selkie candidate if wingers get any Selkie get any Selkie acknowledgement. And he's a, he's 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 a big guy, so he's got some power to him. Oh, but you know that any deal that come for Stone is going to involve like Bobby Ryan, because they want to get rid of that contract. That's it's because Dorian's fucking stupid. <laughs> you see what it is? You know, you know, Ottawa was able to appear confident when Brian Murray was there because Brian Murray had the stones to stand up to to, to the madman that owns that team, whereas Dorian was clearly hired because he's a yes man. I, I don't often think about this, and I probably should have thought about this this week. So bad on me. I, I'm in favor of smaller moves, to be honest. Sure, acquiring the two biggest pieces that who happen to play our two who happen to play in the two positions the team has a problem with would be great and all. For starters, in order to acquire both of them, you got to send money back, and I don't think it's possible to send money back to uh, back to Ottawa. 
and the money that in the certain and there while there is a certain player who cost whose cap hits higher than his his cash value, he has an NMC. And do you really think he's going to waive it to go to fucking Ottawa? Probably not. Not only that, but like I have enough respect for David Backus. I don't think I would ask him to do that. No, no, that's that's not nice. So anyway, I'm in favor of smaller moves. Okay, it's irresponsible to go into the playoffs without doing something. Yes, especially when you have somebody like Zidane Chara who could be on his last year with you, and yeah. you have windows closing for Bergeron and Krejci. And, Not and, so and much as, And as such as it is, you you get into the playoffs, anything could happen. It's not really true, but it's not wrong either, right? So, so, so you you need to you know you don't want to necessarily stumble into the playoffs and then and then be completely mismatched, right? Mm-hmm. So, advocate what I would advocate. And I want to see what you guys think. So after this trade that Pittsburgh did a couple days ago, that was um you know so this was uh they, Pittsburgh brought in uh, Nick Bjugstad and Jared and Jared McCann from the Panthers in exchange for the their expiring UFAs in Derek Broussard, Riley Sheehan, and a couple of picks. Mm-hmm. They Penns traded for both Sheehan and um uh, Sheehan of being super drunk while dressed as Tinky Winky while he was a Red Wings prospect fame. Yeah, yep. Um and of course Derek Broussard of no particular fame at all. Just being Derek Broussard and spelling Derek funny. Yeah, it, it's he spells it's the it French like way of, it's, it, it's the French way of spelling it, and I've never really understood it. Yeah, well, his name is Broussard. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he just so so he just got traded to the Panthers, who aren't liable to be you know uh, doing anything. So the assumption is that he'll be traded again. Yeah, uh, Florida has basically said, "Hey, we're freeing up a lot of space for free agency." Well, this year's free agency is going to be fucking dynamite, right? I guess so. I haven't really paid attention. Well, Bobrovsky, Panarin, Stone, Kevin Hayes. Oh, I've heard Kevin Hayes' name being thrown around to the Bruins, too. Kevin Hayes is not Jimmy Hayes, but at the same time, I can't fathom why he'd want to be anywhere anywhere close to the Bruins after how Boston media treated his brother. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it myself. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Jimmy Hayes had it coming. He was playing that badly, but still. They're still player dynamics thing, right? Yep. Anyway, so anyway, Dirk Broussard, just to give some feel for uh, situation there, he's um his cap hits only three million because some of his money's being paid by Vegas. Oh, Vegas? Because he went from Rangers years ago for Zvonajad to, uh, oh. to Ottawa, and then last year that weird trade from Ottawa that he bounced through Vegas for the purpose of laundering money. Because <laughs> you're gonna launder money, you go through Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Or the White House. It's <laughs> like going on over there, Tim. That's Marlo. My bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's it's trying Marlo. to be comfortable. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it's Marlo because I was like, uh. <laughs> so, so Derek Broussard's not having a great season. That's part of why he was traded away from Pittsburgh, right? He's, he was a bad fit with 15 points in 40 games, which isn't good for him. But because he's having a bad season, he probably won't cost that much to pull out of Florida. Like, I've seen a second plus. So you're talking like a second and a third or a second and a fourth. You know what? He'd plug into the three seat. But remember, we're only looking for a, three, a third center, right? So you don't need a star. You just need someone that can do the job. You need a Riley Nash who isn't named Riley Nash. I'm sorry. I know. I know. So, so I think Derek Broussard would be a good target there. He's probably cheaper than because there's not a lot of centers that are on the market for this going to this deadline. Again, I mean the other ones are basically Hayes and Duchesne. Oh God, if I had my choice, I probably would go with Broussard. And he's going to not cost a lot. 
And I think that's key because, you know, when you're, when you're a good team, but you don't think you're a contender, yes, you got to do something at the deadline, mm-hmm. but you don't want to push all in. No, 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 no. We, we can't do another Rick Nash thing. No, Even though it not. was beneficial to the team in some aspects, we, we can't go after a guy like that. We just can't. I agree. And so, and then after that, you got you, you do need to get a wing, right? Like, Solarix look good, but I think you need, if you're going to actually try to make noise in the playoffs, you need someone better. Plus, you need someone that will actually play the right wing so you can put DeBrusque back on his proper side. Yes, yes, like he did today. He was actually on his left wing today. So, um, I'd say, yes, you do turn to Ottawa. Okay, you know what? Mark Stone would be great and all, but you trade for Mark Stone. You want to pick and re-sign Mark Stone. So, I would say, you know what? Fuck it. Why not go for uh, Ryan Zengel? He'd probably cost a bit less than Michael Furland. He'd be better, probably, than Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is so old. Not that that makes him bad. It's just that he's going to want a lot of money. That's just it. He's 29 right now, which isn't so bad. But, like, his last, he's only got 24 and 52 right now. Wayne Simmons is only 29? I thought he was, like, 34. I honestly thought he was. No, like... no. But but, but he, plays a, he plays a big game, a game that's bigger than he is. And, he, and his body's starting to show it, right? Mm-hmm. Wayne Simmons is going to cost more than he's worth. And I'm not saying that Wayne Simmons is worthless. I'm saying he's going to cost more than he's worth. Right. That's not the same thing. It's like so Bacchus. Like, Bacchus costs more than he's worth. Yes. So like the guys, that, the wings that would be available that would probably be a better call would be... Zingle, I think, would be one of the cheaper ones. Silverberg would probably be reasonably inexpensive. You, you kick the tires on Furland, but I think he's going to cost more than he actually brings to the table. And, and like, yeah, you kick the tires on Nyquist too, but I don't... I've never liked Gustav Nyquist very much. And he's having and he's he's having this career year that's like not consistent with what he's ever done before, which means he's trade even as a trade as a rental, he's gonna cost too much. Now the alternative is try to find players with term that I can get behind a bigger play. You know, if you're somehow wrestling, you know, Mika Zabanajad out of the rags, then yeah, make shoot for the fences because he's gonna be your be your three C for at least two more seasons. Right. <laughs> and he's really good. He's a lot better than I thought he was. I didn't realize he was as good as he is. So, like, yeah, that's my view. Either small views or if you're swinging for the fences, get at least one extra year out of the player. Right. I don't know. What do you guys think? I understand what you're saying, smaller deals. I think if they make any trades that you have to go smaller unless you're getting someone with term, which I don't think they will be. And I want to see more guys from Providence get an opportunity in Boston. Just Even if it's a few games, plug in and see how they do. I would rather do that than trade for someone just because I I just can't get over the feeling that they're not better than Tampa. No one's beating Tampa. I feel like if you had the answer from Providence right now, that that person would be in the lineup and will have would have come up and stayed in it. There's the thing. I, I would love them to see give Sinishin or Fitzgerald a uh, a boo. Those are the two of the guys that I was thinking of. Yes. Um, I don't really understand why Fitzgerald hasn't gotten a cup of coffee yet, to be perfectly honest. He's having his second in a row great season in Providence. He's He has been hurt recently, so that doesn't help. But yeah. They're grinding. They're trying to make Sinitian into a Krejci winger. The problem is, is it's taking longer, I think, than anyone hoped it would. And he's scoring well, but, you know, so, like, again, I don't think that that solves anything going towards the playoffs this year, though, there, Tim, right? Like, you got to figure that, that Sweeney is, you know considered that right and and i get that i guess my thing is i don't want to trade assets for a playoff run that i know is not going to result in a cup that, and that's fair 
Because this isn't a bad team, and that's the only thing that I'm uh, considering here. No, you're right. It's not a bad team. It's just not good enough, and nothing will make it good enough. I don't. Well, think. and then there's the problem. It's it's not, and you know, it's 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 a, not a bad team that's not good enough with easily identifiable reasons. The problem is, is the good team is so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like if if Tampa was having a normal leading the leading the leading the conference season, it might be a different story. But they're not. They're having a season for the goddamn ages. We're talking 1997 Red Wings season for the ages. Yeah, that's my hesitancy about doing anything. I know there's got to be moves that will... There will be moves that will have uh, happen. I get it. I worry about certain assets. I'd almost rather give up certain draft picks rather than certain players. And it's so hard because this season I've gone from when the secondary scoring will happen with some of these inexperienced guys to... If it will happen, because I'm I'm beginning to lose hope in some of them. They're just everybody beyond this this top line is just having a hard time really scoring like they should. I mean, Krejci scored today. That was great. And Krejci, you can depend on him to do that. But we need Kr- more. Krejci's having a quietly good season. Let's 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 call it what it is. It, it's not. It is a quietly decent season. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not trying to say anything bad about. But like guys, like I've noticed this actually in the last couple of days. People have started, you know, in the interest of tra- people trying in the interest of protecting Danton Heinen have started criticizing DeBrusque now. I'm like, guys, DeBrusque is one of only DeBrusque is our third is our fourth leading goal scorer. Goal scorer. I think there's better there's better ways to direct your ire. Yeah, there is. Um, is you need to be looking at that third line. The third line is problematic. It's not Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque has scoring spurts and whatnot, and that's fine. And I kind of expect that from him right now. Right now. But the problem with that whole line is they've never had a consistent right or left wing. Well, that's the problem with our middle six, and, with, with the middle six, six in general, has just been a blender because no one's been able to hang, right? Right, right, right. So, and those, and that's what you want to address in the trade. I get that. I just, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm all for making something small, but I'm not. I'm. Not, there are certain players I'm just not willing to give up for that. That's all. Agreed. When the, when you start talking about getting rid of uh, certain key assets, it just it's dumb. The the KPD suggestions of getting rid of Carlo or McAvoy for player X that it's like no, don't do. I don't want to do that. Um, there are other players that I'm more likely to want to do that with. So this is not my area of strength. I'm sorry, guys. It's it's what it is. So I think we're we're we, we everyone knows what the team needs. There's ways they could go nuclear to fix these. But I think that would be that would be job ending, honestly. Well, that's just it. If you if 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 um, uh, yeah, if if um, uh, Sweeney swung for the fences, got you know the two biggest names in those two positions. Yep. Which again are Stone and Duchesne. That's a trade that's costing you like two to three first round picks, some prospects, and some seconds, and, and some roster and, and some roster players to make cap space. And honestly, if you, you have don't to win, one of them. that's the end of your job. If Sweeney does that and won a cup, fucking A, you did the right thing. You pushed all in while everyone was still at it. If Sweeney were to do that and then we'd lose to Tampa in the second or third round. Damn, that's. Because I will say, with those parts, I think we have minimal trouble with Toronto in the first round, for example, with that move. I, we can still beat Toronto. I don't. Right now? Yeah, we can beat them. But I also wanted to say something to your going all in. I think if you go all in, you have to 
depending on who you're going all in with, say it is Duchesne and Stone, you have to resign at least one of them. Stone. Like you have to. Preferably the obvious, obvious choice there is yeah, yeah, the obvious choice is Stone in that case, but yeah. You like like you can't come out of that not resigning at least one of them. And to me, the more I if I went all in, it wouldn't be Duchesne and Stone. Stone would be one of them, but I, my all in would be Stone and Zabenjad. I mean, we don't even know if Zabenjad's available, right? But <laughs> no, we don't. But like that for me, that's the ideal all in. If they were able to, would be those would be those two players. By the way, here's the worst thing about it: this team could do that, and then Tampa could turn around and trade for uh, and, and trade for Panarin. Oh, That's fuck true. them. Their, their deadline space is $7.9 million. How? I've seen a little bit of talk of them trading for him, and I think one of the guys that they would be getting rid of is like JT Miller or something like that. Oh, JT Miller plays for the Wild now. They waved, Who incidentally waved him today? No, the, oh, no body that, the body they'd have to be getting rid of in order to make it really work would be um, the last year of Ryan Callahan. Oh, well, that's... Oh, because remember, despite them being the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they do have their own version of the Bacchus contract. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Callahan, yeah. Tuco, why don't you tell us what you feel about that? <laughs> Makes sense. You're not wrong. Vegas, what do you think about that? She's just laying here quietly. <laughs> and Marlo? Marlo, what about you? He's just looking at me like I don't know what you're talking about. That's fine. Okay, so only Tuca <laughs> has a strong opinion here. <laughs> yeah. Marlo's more of a baseball kind of guy. And Vegas likes to sleep while we shout at the TV during hockey. <laughs> I don't know how she sleeps through it, but she does. It's just normal now. She knows we're not mad at her. So, yeah. Tampa probably will just fucking suck and ruin it for everybody. They they probably will. And why not? Because they can. Tim, this is not I, a Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. No, it trust me, it annoys the hell out of me that the one team in Tampa that wins is the Lightning and not <laughs> and not the Bucks. Trust me. I don't know what the answer is. Again, there's there's arguments for every for every path. Some stronger than others. I don't see a scenario the team makes no moves, even though I, pr- I think it's pretty clear they're not a real contender. I also don't see Sweeney swinging for the fences. No. I I think it would be dumb to swing for the fences. I think make a move or two or whatever. God, if you could find somebody that that Bacchus would waive his uh, his, uh, no-move clause for, would be willing to go... Like, the wild! Oh my god, send David Bacchus back to Minnesota. Yeah, let him him ride off to the sunset in in front of his home state audience. There we go. We solved the problem, guys. <laughs> Minnesota, do it. Take on the Bacchus. Welcome him, Bacchus, to your state. Uh, I, I, they got ten million deadline cap space. They can totally take him. We'll give him to you for future considerations. Oh, that's that's terrible. That's like at, trading for a bag of pucks. Not even. It's it's literally less than a bag of pucks. I mean, I'll take three bucks. <laughs> I will take three of them. That's all I need. Three. Anyway, but yeah, it's what it is. It's 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 not this team's year. I saw, I think it was Matt Callman making an analogy of this year to uh, he can he compared it to oh nine ten. Bruins made huge 
Yeah, Bruins had made huge huge steps the year before, then fell short in Game Seven against the freaking Canes. Goddamn Scott Walker. Scott's Walker. I'm assuming it works like Attorneys General. Um, <laughs> are bad people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There are so many of them, and they none of them tend to be good. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, so. And then basically, and then, then, you know, struggled to fucking score the next year, but we're still, you know, sound under underlying. It just required some moves and moved some things around and everything, and everything came together the year later. I would love him to be right. I'm not entirely sure he is, but I kind of like the analogy. Ultimately, it's like, yeah, this isn't the year. Honestly, but I think if you can get past the second round of the playoffs this year, that's your victory. If you, if you make it to the conference finals, I think you've done you, you've done okay, and it's not a and it's a success. Heck, even if you make it to game seven of the second round, I think. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah, because they I only made it that. to game five of the second round before they they lost. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was uh, damn it. So yeah. Well, you know, at least I was around all my pals at the Polish American Club in Dorchester for that one. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is. Come playoff time, in my head I'll know this isn't the Bruins' year. They're probably not going to win it. But in my heart, I'm going to be like, "Come on, you can do it. You've well, got." Of course, this. playoffs—you got to be there for it, right? Until oh. it becomes hard to watch. It's one of those things. Sports—they do that to you. Your head, you know. Yep, this is probably not going to happen. But your heart, you're just like, it's going to fucking happen. It's gonna. Okay, yeah, here's one thing I heard this week on uh, talk radio, which is fun. It has nothing to do with trades. Some guy tried to come on and say something about the, the Pats. Um, and and he was saying, uh, you know, he said something to, the, res- uh, to the, the respect where he separated sports from entertainment. And I'm like, no, sports are entertainment. And, and that's yeah. why it's so tough, because it's like, we use sports to get away from everything in in real life. It's like it's fun to just kind of immerse yourself in watching games. I don't know how ever many times a week you want to do that with whatever teams that you want to do that. So it's like when they don't perform well, and oh god, the people who, who support teams that constantly don't feel uh, do well that's that's got to be really frustrating. But you know, yep. we we want our teams to do really well, so it's like. We, you know, it, it hurts to say, like, I don't think they're going to win against Tampa Bay. It hurts. It really does. But I know I, it's like my head is overriding my heart on this. It, it's telling me, like, no, this isn't the year. I know that. And you know what? We could be wrong. And if we are we wrong, could. and if we are wrong, it will be great to be wrong. I, absolutely. You know what? And there's the thing I think going in. Actually, I kind of look forward going into playoffs without any expectations. Because last year I had all kinds of expectations, and that didn't go terribly well for me. No. Oh, it's terrible in the playoff bracket challenge. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I had the Bruins losing in the final, so, like, that entire branch of the bracket just disintegrated on me. Okay, why don't we move on? We will have a, hopefully we'll have a little bit more time to talk about trade stuff before the trade deadline. It's going to be difficult with this every other week schedule, and Jeff is way too busy for us lately, so... I'm not making you feel bad. I'm just telling the truth. You're just too busy for us. You got work stuff. I'm not, I didn't even say anything about how you had work stuff. I didn't even say anything about where you went or what you did. I didn't make anything up this time. I'm growing as a person. You should appreciate that. (laughs) 
of course we didn't record <laughs> without you so of course i didn't have a forum to do that <laughs> just, just wandering around your yard muttering to yourself <laughs> no i can't do that because it's full of snow i'm not doing that i'm not good with snow I, as i told vegas the other day mummy is not all terrain <laughs> Well, she is. Sorry, he's like, I'm sorry, puppers. Um, I got, I got, I got all season tires, not all weathers. (laughs) (laughs) I have a longer leash for that. (laughs) Yeah, I just said it to myself quietly in the dark corner. I like to rock myself to some kind of sense of calm lately. Anyway, all right. So we should move on. We're going going to talk about. I think we're at the point where we can just do some shout outs for people that reached out to us of late. I was getting there, Jeff. Okay. Sometimes you need to let me get there, and I'll just cut out the stuff in between. You know, I'm just trying to cover for you. You're just trying to take over. Not at all true. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) What, you don't want to control all of this? No. (laughs) All right. Yeah, we can talk about shout-outs, I guess. Nobody, I I don't think anybody, well, okay, anyway, yes, whatever it is, do it. Um, yeah, I just quickly want to, you know, say um, uh, to uh, listener Jordan Ferraro, thank you very much for reaching out. And I apologize uh, that it took me multiple weeks to reply. Twitter's weird about new DM, about DMs from new messages from uh, accounts you don't follow. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. I didn't even know that you could DM someone you don't follow. Yeah, the person has to approve to receive it. Oh, oh okay. And the notifications get all fucky. Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, Jordan, thanks for reaching out. I'm glad you're listening. And I and I and honestly, as a bro, I, I know it's hard being a Bruins fan in Toronto land right now. Yeah, I feel your pain, dude. I feel your pain. <laughs> Except it must be delicious when they win. Oh, I'm sure, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, owning that kind of real estate in your neighbor's heads must be super. But like the rest of the time, just dear fucking god, Toronto fans are awful. I liked you, but I liked them when they sucked. I did too. Toronto fans are kind of like Ryan Lambert. They're joy suckers. I, I I can't listen to Puck Soup that much anymore. I, I'm trying. I'm trying so hard, but the show has lost its... You know, Lambert's less joyless in on the podcast than he is, yes, than he is in his writing. I know, but it's still joyless. It doesn't necessarily mean much, I know. <laughs> it, and I'm not a big fan. I'm just not a big fan of Sean McIndoe. I, I just... Again, he's a funny writer. I don't know why. He's a funny writer. I don't know why it doesn't translate to audio at all. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. I mean, it's it's so hard. It's so hard. Anyway, uh, I got something from Mark Steinman when I, I wrote this tweet. Things I look so forward to discussing on at Barely in Topic this week. Tuca is not the problem. Oh, we didn't say that. Tuca is not the problem, guys. Winning a Scully in Bruins history. Yeah, that's right. Suck it, Tuca haters. And he shut out the fucking caps. Yep. Suck it. <laughs> uh, secondary scoring, the lack thereof is... I think we addressed that when talking about trade talk. And we did, anyway. Uh, let's not score the first goal ever again. Oh, God, they did today. And they have First have to. and the last goal. And right? also all the ones in between, because they only scored the only goal in the game. <laughs> right, right, right. Um... Uh, there will be no trade that will significantly improve this team enough to beat Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We you did beat that, that horse right to death. Yep. <laughs> so Mark Steinman said, looking forward to not making panic trades like the Penguins should be a thing? Question mark. And I'm like, yeah, here's my hot take. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Let's not make panic trades. It's just, you know, 
let's not trade away all of our good things for this moment. And time. again, let's yeah. stress that any trade that involves Heinen is by definition a panic trade. Let's just yes, get out is. in front of that right now. Yeah, <laughs> let's not do that. Yes. We're, we're not in the business of doing that right now. So, oh, by the way, um, Sean Corrali, the fishbowl is off. It's sad. But the oh, other hand, shame. I found out that Sis and I both find him attractive. Oh, he's eerily, he's an eerily good-looking dude. And his nose like, getting straightened out, like I think it's a good thing. He's got some serious, like some serious hardcore bone structure there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and in the pucks and pups calendar, the pups pucks. Uh, but he he's on February this month. This month, um, you know, it's Joachim Nordstrom with his Chihuahua. He's got one of those like furry, fluffy Chihuahuas. It is Jake DeBrusque with a pug mix, and uh, you know Jake DeBrusque should get a pug if he doesn't have one. I think that's a good dog for him. And Sean Corrali was with one of the. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Jake DeBrusque and Sean Corrali had dogs from MSPCA. They both had uh, different dogs, and Sean Corrali had a tripod pit bull mix, and he was very cute. Uh, MSPCA is really great at, at adopting dogs out. By the way, so I have one myself from there and uh it's really great so uh i will talk more about the pucks and pups at some other time i just wanted to point out that he was there and that he doesn't wear the fishbowl anymore and i'm i'm sad about the it is sad it was the source of his power it was i hope i hope he regains it i hope it's not like a samson uh although it'd be funny if someone if the person who approved him not wearing the fishbowl anymore was named delilah Anyway, yeah, that's all I got for shout-outs, I think. I don't think anybody else talked to me this week. Mark was, yeah, Mark was also the one that pointed out the uh, the names on the back of the jerseys for uh, Willie Sneed the fourth mm-hmm. and Will Fuller the fifth. Yep. So we're definitely going to go ahead and I would definitely mistake them for their great-great-grandparents. So <laughs> it's, good, it's a good thing that they have that on their jersey or else I would not know who is playing. And the other shout out we got is uh, Mark Allred, who runs the black and gold hockey website and podcast um, shouted us out. It's good to see that he's listening and enjoyed our Colby cave kiss of death talk. Yes. Although I'm sad that he didn't call him Colby cave. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the it's the joke that keeps on giving I know you hate it Jeff but <laughs> it's not your fault it is not your fault it is it is it is Ben's fault we have established that over time don't feel sad about it you're you're up in Canada they, they mispronounce things all the time Jeff <laughs> come on I'm sorry I had to do it and this may be the last time it comes up, but probably not. It will be, but Jeff's just going to be mad at me for a little bit. It's okay. We don't know what other what the cave brings. He could he could be back in Boston in no time, for whatever reason. I feel like there's a joke about cheese and a cave here. I'm not sure where it is, but anyway, Colby Cave gets a death. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, busy two weeks between now and our next recording, folks, with a total of one, two, three, seven, 
eight games um, between now and next time we record or something to that effect. <laughs> Starting this Tuesday, February 5th, in Boston against the New York Islanders, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, uh, you know, follow that up on the second day of a back-to-back on Wednesday, that's the 6th, at the New York Rangers at 8 p.m. Eastern. I got layers of problems with this. A, that's the second NBC game this week. God oh. damn it. Second of all, of course, we are playing the two New York teams in a back-to-back, and we're the ones traveling between the two. And not from Brooklyn to Madison Square Garden, but from Boston to Madison Square Garden. Because go-home schedule makers, you're fucking drunk. That is (laughs) dumb, and hopefully we'll get Brian Boucher. Uh, it's rivalry night, though. I think they always give sticky with Doc for this. Oh God, is there? There's got to be an evening game, like a a later evening game, though, and maybe Pierre will go to that one. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, same here. Follow this up Saturday, uh, a matinee game at 1 p.m. Eastern time against the LA Kings in Boston. On Tim's birthday. That is my birthday, and hopefully it's not like the birthday like two or three years ago when they lost to the same LA Kings 7-2. Oh, it's not the same ones. This one has... um... This version is um, slower and shittier. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. Is, um, what's his name playing? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's back? Because he had the ankle thing. Oh, did he? I don't know. Okay, well... Um, and then we follow that back, back uh, the next day on another back-to-back at 3 p.m. Eastern time at home in Boston against the Colorado Avalanche. We double have to play mat- them again? Oh. A double matinee weekend, too. Oh, 3 o'clock is such a weird time for a game. Yeah, 3, 3 p.m. is a weird, weird fucking start time, yeah. Um, at least we get to see Carl. Uh, again, don't do, again. Rest of league, stop signing former Bruins third line centers. It doesn't go well for you. <laughs> 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 then on Tuesday the twelfth, I'll get at home again in Boston against Chicago at seven p.m. Oh, we have to play them a, again. Yeah, I guess we've only played them the once. God, but, it feels like we've played them like five times. And then, and then the team goes on the West Coast road trip. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. there's only one good California team this year. I know, I'm so sad. We were supposed to go on the West Coast road trip, and we just dropped the ball on that one. Anyway, so to give you some idea at the unwatchable start times, at least if you're me and exist in, Eastern, in Atlantic time, uh, February 15th, 10 p.m. Eastern time at Anaheim. February 16th, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time at the LA Kings. You can and on totally the 18th, watch those. Come on. They're weekend games. 11.30 p.m. Start that game ends at like 2.30 in the morning for me. So, no dos. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on Monday, February 18th, San Jose Sharks again at 10 p.m. Eastern on a work night. Yeah, you can't do that one. Nope. Nope. We're the game that comes after that either, actually. Because, uh... Anyway, but that's as far as we're going to rattle off because uh, we're going to record on the 18th. And uh, while the game after that will probably happen before the show's out, it's neither here nor there. I'm just going to read it. It's the, it's the 20th in Vegas against the Golden Knights at 10 p.m. And I I actually really wanted to go to that game. So I'm sad. Vegas, baby. That's the next schedule for the next two weeks. There's uh, a lot of bad teams in there and a few good ones and just a lot of games. 
I just I like how the LA game is a half hour later than all the other ones because that's really going to make the difference of people going to that game or not because people really are going to need that extra half hour to get to the Staples Center to watch the terrible last place LA fucking Kings. That place is going to be barren and it's going to be no one there and that half hour makes no fucking difference. But LA oh. traffic. <laughs> God. I, I I can't tell you that I've really experienced much in the way of LA traffic. I've been to LA. I I know that everybody drives there. Uh Missing Persons has a song about there's no walking in LA, basically. You know. But uh yeah, it's kinda dumb on a Saturday night to have a ten thirty game. Fuck them. And on that note Yes, thank you, Tuka. It's all full of comments, huh? Okay. Well listeners. Uh, you've been listening to Barely On Topic. Uh, you can find us on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Rate us a few stars, leave some comments, recommend us to your friends. Get people listening. Because we're worth it. Okay. You know, Damn right. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also talk to us, of course, uh, on Twitter at Barely On Topic or on Facebook at Barely On Topic Podcast. And lastly, of course, buyer beware about our individual Twitter accounts. I'm, of course, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. I'm at Trade David Back is Back to Minnesota. Also known as at VA from RI. <laughs> Play us off, Tuka. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I think Tuka was just handling it just fine.